0: You're listening to Radio Omniglot. I'm Simon Eger, and this is episode 48 of the Radio Omniglot podcast, in which I'll be talking about the gamification of language learning, and specifically about how gamification is used in language learning apps like Duolingo. So, what is gamification? Well, according to Wikipedia, gamification is the strategic attempt. To enhance systems, services, organisations and activities, in order to create similar experiences to those experienced when playing games, in order to motivate and engage users. Now I don't play any kind of video games or computer games, I used to back in the 1980s, but haven't done for a long time, but I'm sort of familiar with some of the elements that pop up in games. Because they also pop up in some of the stories I read. Ones like The Wandering Inn, which is a web serial based on role-playing games. And it has things like levels you can gain if you um, do certain activities. And you can gain classes and um, skills and such like. So what elements of gamification are used in apps like Duolingo? Well, quite a few actually. For example... When you complete a lesson, you can get points, these are known as XP or experience points, and you can set a daily goal to say, I want to get so many points every day, and you can compare your progress to other people's progress. There's a leaderboard showing how much, many points other people you follow on the, on the app have gained, and you can see you know, how well you're doing compared with them, if that's a, a thing that matters. And the more points you get, the higher up you can get and you get into into special leagues. Um the top is the, the diamond league and then they're named after other precious gems like um rubies and sapphires and so on. And to, to maintain your position in one of these leagues you have to get so many points every day and every week. Well every week it it, it counts actually. But you know, it encourages you, it encourages you to study every day. Yeah, my, my daily goal is 50 points but at the moment i'm getting over 300 every day and you get about 15 points for completing a lesson without any mistakes unless you get a special boost that's another ex- um, another element so sometimes after you completed a lesson it says you know would you like a special extra extra boost and then you get double points for the next 15 or 20 minutes or whatever it is so yeah that's a that's a nice little element if that sort of thing matters to you um and if you continue studying every day then it adds up and then you you can see how many days you study continuously so for the past 1560 days i've been studying every day on duolingo and before that i had a 96 days streak i didn't actually miss a day i just messed up the uh the streak thing and you can take a day off but you have to pay for that so when you complete lessons you also can gain um, diamonds and you can use these to you know freeze your streak if you want to take a a, a day or two off then you can um, use those or you can gain other elements and if, if you subscribe if you pay a monthly subscription to duolingo then you can get extra stuff but the free basic basic version is pretty good when you have ads popping up all the time which is a bit annoying and they are constantly encouraging you to to subscribe and saying, "Yeah, you can get all these extra benefits if you do this." But I haven't succumbed yet. So those are some of the elements. Um, and in the lessons, you know, they're divided into separate topics or grammatical points. Or in the Japanese course, you've got specific lessons about reading and writing the the um, syllabic scripts, the katakana and hiragana. And you know, you can concentrate on one topic at a time and go through all the the lessons and it's divided into at the moment six levels so five five normal levels and if you complete all of those the little circle where the lesson is goes gold. and then you've got the kind of testing level to see if you really know the stuff in the other levels if you're not sure you can like click on the word and it gives you a translation of what it means but in the test you don't get that so you really have to know your stuff and you have to pay for these tests using diamonds you've earned. Although if, if you subscribe, you, you can just get and do as many tests as you like. So the, some of these elements are, are, are relatively new. I've been you know, I've been doing this for over four years now. And when I first started, you didn't have so many different kinds of lessons. You know, I completed the Spanish course, but then they added a whole new a bunch of lessons. So I've been working on those. And um, it keeps on changing, adding new new elements. One thing I'm not keen on on the um, mobile version of Duolingo: if you make a mistake while you're you're going through a lesson, you lose a heart, and you get five hearts a day. They top up every day automatically, and you can gain hearts sometimes by watching an ad or reviewing an old lesson that you've done before, or you can buy them using diamonds you've earned. But I, I find that discouraging. Because you know you're always going to make mistakes, and if it you know you're going to lose out by making mistakes, you have to um, spend your diamonds. Then it kind of discourages you, and you get anxious about it. Well, I do anyway. It doesn't happen on the desktop version. You can make as many mistakes as you as you like. You lose points, the XP points, the experience points, but you don't lose hearts because there doesn't seem to be any hearts element on the desktop version. So you're not just worried about making mistakes, and I think. When you're learning a language, you're always going to make mistakes. And if you worry about this, then you're less willing to try out new things and think, yeah, oh, that might be right, but I'm not sure. But I'll give it a try anyway. And, you know, if you're, you're actually speaking to someone or writing to someone and you make mistakes, they don't really mind if it's not perfect. In the uh, Spanish course I'm doing at the moment, for example, you know, I often make little mistakes. I put the wrong ending on a word or something or a wrong conjugation on a verb or quite often actually it's the translations into English that uh, are problematic because when I'm using my phone instead of typing I uh, speak I use voice voice typing voice input and quite often it doesn't get it quite right and I don't always notice until I press submit and I think oh I got that one wrong and um, yeah it, I actually make more mistakes I think in the uh, Spanish course than I do in the Japanese one that I'm working on so at the moment I'm just doing Spanish and Japanese on Duolingo in the Spanish, there's a lot of grammatical baggage you've got to get right. Things like getting the right endings on nouns and verbs and adjectives, and using the right articles and putting the right words in the right order, and all that sort of thing. In Japanese, you have some of those elements, but not as many. You don't have genders or uh, articles. Verbs only have one form in each tense. I mean, there are different forms for different levels of politeness, but they're all very regular. So once you've learnt one verb form, that's it. You can use it for every verb. There's no irregular forms, really. And um, you don't really use plurals in Japanese, except with some words for people. There are other aspects of Japanese that make it difficult, or challenging at least, such as when you're counting things and you have to use a separate counter word for different kinds of things. So if you're counting, say, tables, you use one word, and you're counting books or cars or aeroplanes or whatever, you use different words for each one. And then there's the um, Japanese script, which I discussed in a previous episode, which is one of the hardest in the world, I would say. A mixture of Chinese characters, Kenji, two syllabic scripts, hiragana and Katakana, and sometimes they use Roman letters from Waji as well, and mix them all together, throw some emoji, and that's written Japanese. It's a lot of fun. There are probably a few other gamification-type elements in Duolingo, but... Um, Those are the ones I've noticed. In other language learning apps I've used, um, at the moment I'm doing uh, some Dutch lessons on Memrise, Um, there's some gamification. I mean, you gain points by completing lessons, and you can maintain a streak, and you can compare your progress to others in a leaderboard, but um, it doesn't penalise you if you get things wrong. It just brings them up again later in the lesson, which is a nice element. I prefer it to the way Duolingo does it so you don't lose points it just puts it into the difficult words category and so you, you need to work on this one and then you can you can revise it review it and uh, hopefully it will stick better and I've completed quite a few courses on Memorize I can't say I speak all the languages I've studied there fluently but it, it certainly helps And for some languages, you've got videos as well of actual native speakers speaking the words and phrases from the lessons, and that's a nice element. And the the sound quality isn't always great, but um, it's it's a nice extra thing. You don't have that in the Dutch lessons, unfortunately, but you do have it in um, some others like Swedish and Danish that I've studied there. The other main language learning app I've been using uh, is Mondly. Nuts has lessons um, divided into different categories, um, but it doesn't really uh, have all the gaming gamification elements that you have in, in Duolingo and uh, Memrise. It has some some things, like um it encourages you to do a lesson every day, and it gives you a fresh lesson every day, and then you can do other lessons on different topics as well, which is a nice thing. And lessons are divided into different levels, and you're getting points by completing lessons and such like. Oh, yes, another element that I like on Duolingo. It's sort of, not really gamification, but it's it's a nice element anyway. It's the, the stories that you have for some languages. Uh, of the languages I've done, they're only available for uh, Spanish, and they've just added them for Japanese on the desktop version, but not on the mobile version yet. And um, they start off at a very basic level, and get more complex and longer as they go along. And they're a great way to pick up new vocabulary and to see how grammar is used in context. And often you will come across words you haven't seen before, but um, you can work out what they mean from the context. So, yeah, it's, it's a good way to supplement your other lessons. And my friend Ollie Richards has a whole series of courses that teach you language through stories um he has books and online courses i'll put a link on the show notes for this um episode on radio.omniglot.com, where as i can say you can find notes for this episode and other episodes of this podcast and links to further information and if you're feeling generous you can um find links to make donations so anyway uh yeah gamification is a fun way to make language learning more interesting and it, it works for some people. Some people don't like it. I, I quite like it, some aspects of it at least. I'm not that bothered about the uh, the points and the leaderboards and the leagues and all that stuff, but uh, maintaining a, a streak and studying every day, that's, that's been very good for me. So what do you think about these kind of things, gamification of language learning? Do you use apps like Duolingo? What aspects of them do you like? What don't you like? Or maybe what new things would you like to see added to them? What new gamification elements or other other aspects would you like to see? I'd like to see stories for all the languages. That'd be great. And um, kind of a continuing, more of a continuing narrative rather than kind of unconnected stories. I mean, some of them have uh, recurring characters who seem to live near each other and they interact with each other. But uh, I'd like to have a more structured kind of story. If you follow like you're reading a novel or something, that'd be cool. So, uh, there's probably a lot more you could say about gamification, but uh, that's all I have to say for today. I'm off to learn some more Spanish on Duolingo. And, um, you know, you can find out more about all the Omnigot podcasts at radio.omnigot.com, of course. And you can find the online encyclopedia of writing Systems and Languages, which I also run at omnigot.com. There's the Omnigot blog at blog.omnigot.com, where I write about words and etymology and language and all sorts of related topics. And you can find my explorations into connections between Celtic languages on the Celtiadia. That's celtiadia.omnigot.com. And, of course, there are Omnigot videos on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And then I make videos about words and language and post my original songs and tunes on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find links to all of these sites and places on the um, Omnigot site and on the Radio Omni lot site. So that's all I have to say about gamification for now. I hope you found this interesting and informative. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.